Hello and welcome to The Pulse. Later in today's show, how to improve Hong Kong's countryside. Would that be by building minor public works in one area after another? First though, Hong Kong has freedom of religion. That should include even religious practices that the Chinese Communist Party doesn't like. But take a trip to the Star Ferry, one of Hong Kong's top tourist attractions for mainlanders, and you may begin to wonder if that's true. Some of these banners belong to the Falun Gong, which calls itself a spiritual discipline. This is the most visible of several protests around Hong Kong the group's practitioners have set up. However, most of the banners here now belong to a mysterious organization called the Hong Kong Youth Care Association Limited that seems to have declared a banner war. The Pulse asked the Star Ferry Public Relations Department why the two groups are both able to hang banners here and why no one takes them down. The Star Ferry says the area doesn't belong to the company, so there's nothing it can do and that only the Food and Environmental Hygiene Department, or FEHD, has the authority to remove them. The FEHD says that it's aware of the protest activities by both groups at the Star Ferry and in other areas, such as Chim Sa Choi and Wong Tai Sin. However, it says it won't take action against protest activities. Since the summer, anti-Falun Gong banners put up by the Hong Kong Youth Care Association have inundated many hotspots visited by mainland tourists. They say little about youth care, but a lot in criticism of the Falun Gong, the organization banned in mainland China in 1999 and labeled an evil cult. Falun Gong practitioners in Hong Kong say they are facing increasing threats from individuals associated with the communist regime. Confrontations between the two groups have been escalating. On the 4th of July, both groups tussled over space to hang up their banners at the Lok Ma Chow Transport Interchange. According to footage from the Falun Gong-affiliated New Tang Dynasty television, one woman holding a knife threatened an Epoch Times reporter there. The following day, someone made a report to the police regarding an alleged possession of an offensive weapon. The police public relations branch says investigations found insufficient evidence. The individuals in green t-shirts say they're volunteers for the Hong Kong Youth Care Association. Hong Kong 
但係我哋而家現今現在咧係我哋冇完全冇咗表達。你睇我哋掛乜嘢，佢就遮乜嘢。咁啊，警察幫我哋分開啦。咁你哋衝突到咁樣，咁又敵對，咁啊專係追擊我哋嘅。咁警察話：你哋一人一半啦，咁樣。但係我哋你你哋睇得到，我哋有冇一人一半係冇噶。我哋連呢邊嘅位置都冇得坐。即係講句唔好聽咧，就係、是、生人怕死地。呢啲凳根本係冇人坐。又唔喐得，攞啲棍，攞啲凳，全部壓曬地方，係咪非常之唔公平咧 ？Organisations have to apply to the Lands Department for a permit to put up banners in public places. Permission is usually granted for just two calendar months at a time. However, the Development Bureau says that in the past six months, the Lands Department has received no applications from either organisation. However, the Bureau couldn't tell the Pulse whether just anyone could put up banners daily as part of an alleged protest as long as they claim to remove them overnight. It did report that it's the FEHD's job to take down such banners under the Public Health and Municipal Services Ordinance. FEHD, meanwhile, is playing cat and mouse with the association. 我們在這裡講真相,揭露中共的迫害,警方日日都跟我們登記身份證的,都有智慧的。但是,哇,橫額呢,以前你們知道是需要向政府部門申請的。24小時就要,我們不是24小時,我們是幾個鐘的,每天
但係都係要講話，喂，你咁樣遮人哋咧，封殺咗人哋咧，咁樣咧係唔啱嘅喎，都要講過嘅。但係佢會話，咁啊林國安佢就話，我會負上法律嘅一切責任。Now, some Hong Kong groups, concerned that the campaign amounts to an attack on Hong Kong's freedom of speech, have started fighting back. Some have advocated putting stickers on the banners, saying, not from Hong Kong people. Others have protested against them using former colonial flags. This week, one newspaper reported that a man had been arrested for cutting up the association's banners. Many netizens say that government organizations and the police refuse to deal with the problem because the group has Communist Party connections, which leaves them little choice but to take direct action. It's a very bad thing, inconsistent with the one country, two system, if China uh, use uh, these, uh, any forces in Hong Kong okay, uh, to uh, uh, unreasonably uh, interfere with the activities of uh, groups which have been banned in China but lawfully uh, uh, operating in Hong Kong, like Falun Gong. Moya Kai says that according to the international human rights standard against hate speech, under the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights, Article 20, any advocacy of national, racial or religious hatred that constitutes incitement to discrimination, hostility or violence shall be prohibited by law. It's also illegal under the public order ordinance. I wouldn't call this a charitable organization. This so-called youth, youth care organization is, is nothing to do with charity. It is a front, according to my, to my understanding, it is a front um, of the anti-cult uh, office in China. It is the non-official branch, non-official hand of the official anti-cult organization. If the youth care organization is in fact another head of this uh, anti-cult organization, then there is a problem arising that the mainland public security uh, ministry people are implementing their, their, their laws in Hong Kong, and that can be problematic. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. It's so relaxing to get out in the country and away from the city streets, but Hong Kong's nature lovers constantly find the countryside is being improved with concrete paths over hiking trails, pavilions, rest stops, new roads and other alleged amenities. These minor works can have a damaging effect on the environment and there are fears that some may be initiated to boost the opportunities for future private property developments. This is Pak Ah in Sai Kung. It was once a tranquil seaside village, but ongoing development has left behind waste dumps and affected the natural habitat. Well, when I arrived here, I was shocked because of the enormous mess and the collateral damage to the environment from this worksite. Working with several green groups, Marcus Shaw has long been active in conservation in Hong Kong. He says he's become increasingly aware of the scale of this issue on his frequent visits to the area. 
He's known Pakar since his childhood and says he comes here almost every weekend. There's uh, construction debris being pushed into the mangroves here. Lots of mangroves destroyed. You can see that mangroves have been cut over there. Pakar lies south of High Island Reservoir. People usually get here either by a one to two hour walk from the reservoir or by boat. Currently, the government's building a $1.5 million pavilion here. The resulting environmental damage has caught the eye of green groups. Kadori Farm has filed a complaint to the government. According to the Home Affairs Department, which is responsible for the works, the pavilion's being built in response to a request by the village head and villagers. It was approved at a Saikong District Council meeting, without objection, without discussion, and without questions. The department says the pavilion was needed to provide a resting place for villagers and visitors, but there are very few of them to take advantage of it. Well, they haven't uh, justified the need for the pavilion at all. I don't see why they have to spend $1.5 million to make something that is not an improvement on nature, but actually, you know, makes it worse. The project is one of many small-scale public works said to be being built to improve the environment in various districts. Such works commonly include pavilions, concrete paths and shelters. Depending on their scale, individual projects can cost up to $30 million. Despite this, their quality has been criticized. In 2011, the Audit Commission revealed that Home Affairs Department staff rarely conducted site inspections and that deficiencies relating to these minor works were largely unrecorded. The project at Pakar has also affected areas far away from the site. Instead of using the existing pier and concrete path, construction workers opened another path to the shore a few hundred metres away. They've uh, cut a path through this wood here, either cut a path through or widened the path to give access from the construction site where the pavilion is to this construction material which is on the shoreline here. And as you can see, they've had to push over an enormous amount of vegetation, trees and so on to create this site. Um, and to my suspicious mind, I wonder why it has to be that the construction material for the pavilion is at such a great distance from uh, the pavilion site. The Home Affairs Department does acknowledge that the path was widened by the movements of construction workers but says that it did exist before and that the arrangement was necessary due to the geographical location. It didn't mention how narrow the path was prior to construction. And it isn't easy to transport materials here. The slope is steep and parts of the path can disappear during high tide. Definitely, it's a little bit suspicious that they built this 
path towards the headland uh, to give access to their building materials, which at the same time, of course, is benefiting the house application um, on, on the headland. It's not clear that these projects are really needed. The, the, there's not a, a very formal process for a need assessment, so there's a, a big opportunity for local interests in those villages to push a project uh, that may, and they may have ulterior motives. Some suspect that the development here is connected to a village housing proposal filed this year on the nearby tidal island. In its application, the developer is proposing the construction of a concrete footpath to replace the sandbar linking this area to the village. At the site, a warning states that the removal of trees is prohibited. However, vegetation has been damaged, despite the fact that the town planning board says the area is covered with vegetation and trees of high ecological value. We've seen them throughout the new territories. You know, whether you go in the north or, the, or in, wherever you go throughout the new territories, we, we can see the same uh, problems occurring. The wider public doesn't usually know about such planned new works in rural areas until it's too late and construction has begun. Green groups worry that these works sometimes appear to be encouraged to prepare for future village housing developments, like this concrete path at Daiwan Village. Volunteers James and Stanley have been following up on reports of illegal land development and environmental damage in the Sai Kung area. In another nearby village, they've discovered extensive tree clearing related to housing development. A check on the map confirms that the area adjacent to the Maon San Country Park is zoned as a conservation area. But the Home Affairs Department says it did consult the Lands Department before the project started. This path runs from Daiwan village to the village of Wolyu. Some residents told the Pulse they've always wondered why it was built, since the usage was so low. The department says that additional drainage channels and enforced concrete strips were later installed to prevent flooding problems, widening the original path still more. Activists say, though, that such projects are often the first steps towards further private development, eating away at Hong Kong's green and less spoiled areas, piece by gradual piece. Actually, in Saigon, 
即係平方嘅一個屋宇啦。嘅同時咧，其實佢未必有路入去嘅，又或者嗰個屋嘅範圍嘅附近咧係屬於官地，或者甚至乎係保育地。咁政府係冇辦法批條批批批路俾佢嘅。但係呢個時候咧，好多時候咧，你見到咧就一夜之間咧就會有人咧自己開條路落去。見到原來咁樣可以得嘅話，咁即係會有好多人會去去去學習或者去模仿呢種咁嘅模式咯。咁於是個破壞就無人無知啦。And that's it for this episode of the Pulse. As always, remember you can find the Pulse page on the RTHK website if you want to see or catch up on more old shows. And don't forget our Facebook page, RTHK's The Pulse. We'll see you at the same time next week. Goodbye. Right, said Fred. Have to take the wall down. That there wall is gonna have to go. Took the wall down, even with it all down. We was getting nowhere, and so we had a cup of tea. And Charlie had to think, and he said, "Look, Fred, I've got a sort of feeling. If we remove the ceiling with a rope or two, we could drop the bloody through." All right, said Fred, climbing up a ladder with his crowbar, gave a mighty blow.